to boldly go where no man has gone before. Hampshire College astronomer Dr. Salman Hamid, Mr. Universe. Everybody knows that Santa Claus lives in the North Pole, but what happens under the South Pole is some amazing astronomy. And Santa eats cookies and is morbidly obese, let's just admit it. But what's happening in the South Pole is nutritious. Uh, I, I really like sort of like this nutritious part because we are talking about, of course, neutrinos, uh, which are subatomic particles. And these are very, very small. They're, they belong to the fa family of electrons, uh, basically. And unlike how you feel after eating a lot uh, and what Santa Claus feels, uh, neutrinos are pretty much, they have very little mass. Uh, in fact, uh, for a while, people thought actually they were completely massless. But neutrinos are really hard to capture. They're really hard uh, to find, uh, even though they are everywhere. Many different things produce neutrinos, including, for example, inside our sun. Uh, and as we talk, trillions of neutrinos right now are going through your body. Ah, and hopefully they are nutritious or else uh, that would be bad. Uh, you don't feel them. And that is one of the problems that neutrinos are really hard to stop. In fact, even if you have a planet, it will just go through them. And so uh, neutrinos that can provide information about different objects in the universe, but you have to first catch them. They're but like Santa Claus. They're really hard to find. <laughs> right. So just a little bit of our history. So neutrinos, we didn't know that they existed, uh, except that they were postulated back in the 1930s as part of some of the nuclear reactions that happened, in particular radioactive decay. And then for the first time, they were detected in the 1950s. But as it turns out, because they go through everything, for astronomers, they are a great source because they can give information from areas which are extremely dense. Like, for example, when a star is about to explode, which we call, for example, supernova explosion, the light from that core would be hard to get out. In fact, it takes a long time for the light to get out, but neutrinos, they can immediately get out. So neutrinos can provide you information about the instant the star exploded. And also at the centers of galaxies where you have these supermassive black holes, well, around it, you have these jets which can produce neutrinos as well. And these neutrinos, because they can escape easily and they travel close to the speed of light, you can get that information directly from there. So in some sense, you think that astronomy is all about light, photons. Well, this is another way of studying astronomy, but not through light, but another particle called neutrinos. Didn't they think that neutrinos could possibly have gone faster than the speed of light for a time there, which would have broken the, the cosmic speed limit and changed virtually all astronomy as we know it? Good memory, uh, Monty, that is true, but that turned out to be wrong. Uh, and so as I have been talking multiple times, mentioning multiple times that they are really hard to stop, that's the reason why astronomers have built these big, huge neutrino detectors, because it is all about a probabilities. So if you think uh, like, you know, that something has a one in a thousand chance of interacting, well, you create a thousand chances and you will get one. For neutrinos, this chance is even much, 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 much smaller of interaction. And so what astronomers have done, have they have created huge pools of water, for example, in which they expect these neutrinos to occasionally collide. And one such observatory is IceCube Neutrino Observatory, which is actually located 
on the South Pole. Was Ice Cube in NWA looking, <laughs> looking for a neutrino? That Ice Cube? I can't believe today was a good day. No, it's a different one. And it's, and it's really cool because what astronomers did, or scientists did actually over there, that they dug 86 holes in the ice, each hole going about two and a half kilometers deep. And each hole is about two feet wide. So that's actually pretty big holes. And each one has sort of like, you know, this big uh, string attached to it or cable attached to it with these detectors. Each string had about 60 detectors. So in total, you have over 5,000 detectors under the ice. Here you have a neutrino detector, which is about a one cubic kilometer across under the ice sheet. Occasionally, you would expect a neutrino to come in and interact with one of these ice molecules or water molecules over there. And when it interacts, it produces another subatomic particle called muon. Called what? This muon. Muon. It's M-U-O-N. And this muon actually travels really fast in ice. And as it interacts with the ice around it, it produces a bluish glow. And from that, they can tell that a neutrino interacted over there. And they can also tell, for example, in some instances, where did it come from? I'm imagining because, it looking like the yeah. Fortress of Solitude that Superman goes to, this ice palace with all of these weird colors and, you know, instruments and things like that. Sounds incredible. Except that this is not kryptonite. It's really different to, uh, to detect kryptonite. <laughs> My son, you do not remember me. I am Jor-El. I'm your father. The reason why it's underground is also because this kind of light, I mean, you have to make sure that it could only be created through this neutrino interaction. The technical name of it is Cherenkov radiation. But if you are somewhere else, there are all these other light sources that can trigger these detectors. But if you are under ice, only something that has gone through it and interacted and a very particular type of signature has been produced that you can say, aha, this was an indirect signature of a neutrino. Coming up more with Mr. Universe on intergalactic neutrinos that were just detected in Antarctica and how neutrinos could be our best hope for seeing what the universe was like one second after the Big Bang. More with Hampshire College astronomer Dr. Salman Hamid, Mr. Universe, on the Ice Cube Observatory underneath Antarctica, which has been observing neutrinos. Our sun produces neutrinos. There are a lot of other places. Radioactive decay produces neutrinos. In fact, neutrinos are also produced many times a day in our atmosphere hmm. because high energy protons hit our molecules in the atmosphere and produces, again, this kind of reaction, Cherenkov radiation, and it produces neutrinos as well. In most cases, you detect those neutrinos that are from the sun or from our own atmosphere. But occasionally, and this is like really occasionally, you also detect neutrinos that are from deep space, from other galaxies. And this is where it gets really interesting. So far, Ice Cube astronomers today was a good day. have detected several thousand of these neutrinos. And in 2018, they found one neutrino coming from a one particular galaxy a few billion light years away. I mean, I just find it mind-boggling that you can say this neutrino <laughs> and this galaxy produced trillions of neutrinos per second. 
And this one neutrino that got detected and said, this came from this galaxy. And just a few weeks ago, a new paper came out in which they have detected about 80 neutrinos, eight zero from a galaxy 47 million light years away. It's, it's a relatively nearby galaxy, but they have identified 80 neutrinos that came from the center of this galaxy where there's a supermassive black hole and there is a jet over there. And it is that jet that is producing these neutrinos which were detected or in, the, in the South Pole at this ice cube neutrino. I think it's just amazing. How do they know that these neutrinos are from another galaxy as opposed to from our sun or our atmosphere? Because they can figure out the direction from which they came from, and they can also get some of the energies from which these neutrinos are. So the, the neutrinos from our own atmosphere would have lesser energy compared, uh, compared to the ones that were produced near black holes somewhere. So there are multiple ways they can check and it is very hard, as you can imagine, to pinpoint the direction. This is the reason why only that uh, object in 2018, they could very clearly say this came from a particular galaxy. And in this particular case, uh, in 2022, we can say, even, although this was detected a little while ago, that these 80 neutrinos came from a particular galaxy. But in most instances, it's very hard to figure out the direction. So when you do, that's an amazing thing. So in some ways, you are looking at a whole new way of looking at the universe, neutrino astronomy. So what might we learn about astronomy and our universe from these neutrinos that we don't learn from the particles that we're more familiar with? There is a whole other interesting place that we can go with neutrinos, and that is to the early universe. Neutrinos, as you would imagine, were also produced a lot in the Big Bang. And oftentimes people say, how far back in time you can see? Well, you cannot see all the way to the Big Bang. You can only see up until roughly 400,000 years after the Big Bang. And that is because before that, universe was opaque to light. The universe was so dense that light could not run free. But after 400,000 years, as the universe was expanding and as the universe was cooling down, the light finally decoupled from matter. So in some sense, we cannot look before 400,000 years after the Big Bang. However, neutrinos decoupled one second after the Big Bang. Uh -huh. Just like we have this background radiation of light, which we call cosmic microwave background radiation, which was a spectacular proof for Big Bang as well. Astronomers expect in the same way cosmic neutrino background as well. And if we ever detect neutrinos from cosmic microwave background, they will give information. I mean, we have theoretical models of what might have been happening a few seconds or a second after the Big Bang, but they will provide you with information, direct information about conditions one second after the Big Bang. Now for the sad part, a detector like Ice Cube Neutrino Detector is not equipped to detect this cosmic neutrino background because those neutrinos have very low energies. But this is the promise of neutrino astronomy because eventually, hopefully, astronomers will be able to detect this kind of a background neutrino, although there is already 
indirect evidence that potentially this cosmic neutrino background does exist. So if the neutrinos came out of the Big Bang one second after the Big Bang, how can we detect them now? Wouldn't they've already passed us? By the same way, they're everywhere. Remember, Big Bang happened everywhere. Oh, so, oh, just so like just background. Just in the same ready. way, yeah, cosmic yeah, microwave yeah. Oh, right, background. Right. Yeah, got it, got it. Got it's it. everywhere, right? And so that's why these cosmic neutrino background would be everywhere. And so how do you identify those neutrinos? That's why it is so hard. So again, when we think about how do we see the universe? We always think about light, but you don't have to. You can get information from neutrinos. So you are seeing the universe through neutrinos. That's another way of seeing things. 